Welcome to Discover. We're glad you joined us today on our podcast. Be sure to check us out online at discovercc.org. Today, we continue in our series called Anxious for Nothing, based on the book by Max Lucado. We're looking at practical, God-centered resources that can help us discover peace in a chaotic world. Here is Steve Murphy, our lead minister. We're starting a brand new series today called Anxious for Nothing. Anxious for Nothing. It's a great series, and it's based on these verses from Philippians chapter 4, starting verse 4 through verse 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So those verses are the verses we're going to unpack over the next five weeks. Very encouraging words from God. We will be doing that here on Sunday mornings as we talk about God's principles from these verses. We also know how important it is for us to unpack this in our life groups, where we can watch the videos and where we can discuss these uh, topics and what God is doing. So if you're not in a life group, we encourage you to make sure that you jump into one. We need you to be in a life group to get the most out of this study. So really encourage you to do that. Again, the this, this series is called Anxious for Nothing. Anxiety, depression, uh, chaos, things are, are just, they're, they're, they're hard, right? People are struggling. A lot of people are struggling. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 3 today. We're just going to look at a few verses today. While you're getting there, um, let me just mention one source of anxiety can be just like when everything that you're used to is taken away from you. For example, imagine being an international student. You've come from another country to the United States. Most of the time, people who come in that setting are coming as graduate students. So they are diving deep into a topic, a subject material that is really profound. And almost always, they're doing that with English as their second or third or fourth language. Imagine what that would be like to have to go to another country to dive deep into a subject and not even be able to do that in your primary language. I'd be a little anxious, wouldn't you? What about if you came and the rest of your family was still in that country? It's a very common occurrence. Sometimes you're able to bring your spouse with you, but not always. There's, There's a financial reason for that. Sometimes your spouse can't get a visa, and so you're separated. Again, I'd be a little anxious about that, wouldn't you? Imagine not knowing the customs, not knowing the culture, not knowing how food works, for example. Imagine not knowing a single person. It's very common. And now imagine if you were a person from many countries, when you come here, you don't even know who God is. 
So you don't have that relationship to be a strong foundation for you. So you have no relationship with God, and that obviously means you have no church family. Because wherever you go in the world, you can find believers, right? Almost everywhere. God's changing that. It's going to be everywhere. We're excited about that. Imagine all of that. One of our ministry partners is called International Friendships Incorporated, IFI. They were established to help those exact students who come to the United States who say, I, I don't know what's going on. Anxiety is crazy high for them. Imagine if the first person they meet is somebody who loves Jesus and loves them. And they say, hey, we're here for you. How can we help you? And you just engage with them. So when you see international friendships, IFI opportunities, remember, we're talking about people. We're talking about people Jesus loves. It's an opportunity for you to connect. There was a a banquet last night for IFI, and uh, we heard testimonies of students who said, I was so stressed. I was so anxious. I was so messed up. I was depressed. I didn't know what I was going to do. And then somebody said, I care about you. It's a great opportunity. So be looking for that. Thousands of students every year come to Ohio State and Columbus State and other places, and we have the opportunity to reduce their anxiety level and introduce them to Jesus so often. That's pretty great. So anxiety is something that it's an unknown, unseen enemy that a lot of international students face. But you don't have to be an international student to face anxiety. As much as 80% of students at Ohio State, incoming freshmen, are medicine or in counseling for anxiety or depression. If that number seems high, it is high, but that's the number. People are struggling. And it doesn't matter, honestly, people that, that know Jesus, that walk with God, they struggle with these issues as well. I'm here. I do. To be really honest, this morning at 5.30, I was like, I don't even really want to get up, God. I don't think I have anything to say to the people today. That's how I felt. I'm just being honest with you. And you might say, at the end, you should have stayed in bed. (laughs) There are nationally known, internationally known pastors who have said, I'm struggling. I just, I feel like I just don't know how to go on. I mean, I, I honestly, like, I feel depressed. I'm anxious all the time. I'm, I'm concerned. I'm worried. We've seen a few well-known pastors even take their own lives recently. You don't have to be uh, uh, an international student or a student or a pastor. You can be anybody, right? Everybody struggles. So many people struggle. Some of you right now are struggling. And we want you to know It's okay if you're struggling because God is here for you, with you, and we will walk through this together. You can be an international superstar and struggle. Ariana Grande, maybe you've heard of her, pretty popular, five platinum albums. She's um, won all kinds of music awards. 
I think she has 30 million YouTube subscribers, 145 million Instagram followers. Super well-known, gives a lot of money to charity. But if you know anything about her, you know that though it looks like she's living a dream, things aren't always that great. She recently tweeted this. I just feel empty and I want to have more to say and have better energy to give you. And right now I just don't have anything. Love you. In less than two years, uh, one of her concerts was attacked with a terrorist bombing. Um, A man that she was dating, they split up um, and then he later died. And then another guy that she was engaged to, that engagement broke off. Last December, at a concert, she just stood on stage and cried and said, this has been a horrible year. I mean, by all external circumstances, right? When you look at her, you're like, oh, she's got everything. Look at that. She's struggling. And it's interesting, there are sometimes people who look like if anyone has the right to be anxious and stressed and depressed, this, it's this person. And then they have this peace, this calm. And so often, it's because of what we're going to talk about today. Now, I want to up front let you know that in this series, we're talking more about anxiousness than like clinical anxiety. And I think there's a difference there. I'm certainly not a professional in this area. But some people have physiological reasons that they struggle. And that's no more of a faith issue than it is that I wear glasses. It's just there's a physiological thing going on. So if that's you um, and you would benefit from Christian counseling or, or some medicine that would be beneficial, we encourage you to seek that out. Again, especially in a Christian context, if you can find people, professionals to help you who are Christians, it's so much better. But we encourage you to to seek that help if you need it. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Again, any more than someone who wears glasses. We want to pray for you, want to support you, and walk with you through that. But I do believe that no matter where we are, there is an absolute truth that can help us reduce our anxiousness, reduce our worry, reduce our stress. And we're going to talk about various things that would do that in each of these weeks. Today, we're going to talk about one particular thing. So let's pray, and then we'll dig into the the story that just gives us, I think, the most foundational thing that we need for our anxiety to diminish. So let's pray. God, we are grateful for who you are, and we ask that your Holy Spirit, who we sang about, you're welcome here, Holy Spirit. Would you be active? through your word right now and just remind us that you love us and you want us to be in relationship with you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So a little background for Daniel chapter three, the Jewish people are in exile in Babylon and they, um, there's a king named Nebuchadnezzar and he's powerful and he's arrogant. And he believes that he should be worshiped. So he creates a statue 90 feet tall. Imagine, 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide. And when the music goes off, everyone is instructed, you have to bow down to this idol, to this image of the king. 
Otherwise, you're in some serious trouble. So the music goes off. Everybody bows down. Except three guys. A lot of you guys know who these guys are. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They just will not bow to this image, to this idol. And so they're brought before the king, and he says, don't you know I have the power to to kill you? What is wrong with you? And here is their response from Daniel chapter 3, starting in verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. Now, these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that's not their original names. Their original names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and those names, those original names were given to honor God, Jehovah. These new names that they were given once they were brought into captivity were names to honor the gods of their area. And we don't know why, but Daniel's name has never changed, but their names are, and the Bible refers to them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But I think it's interesting, kind of a side note, though their names were changed, their hearts were not changed. So people can call you whatever they want, but when you're solid in here with God. That's what's really important. Well, they were foreigners in this land, but they knew that God transcends all borders, all situations, and they had complete confidence in God. And their confident relationship with God wasn't just what they would say. It was actually their behavior. It was what they did. This invisible strength produced visible results. Now, they should be incredibly anxious, right? They're getting ready to go into a fiery furnace, but they're not. Why? Because of their confident relationship with God. A confident relationship determines our behavior. A confident relationship determines our behavior. Belief precedes behavior. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do not know the outcome of this situation, but they do know God, and they're confident. And when you believe God says who God says God is, when you believe God is who God says God is, then you have confidence in any situation, and you have greater peace. You know, when you have a great relationship with someone, that means that you have a trust relationship with someone, doesn't it? And many, many places talk about our trust in God. And Psalm 62, verse 8 is one of them. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Trust determines our actions. Now, let me illustrate it. You guys have probably done this. It became popular in the 90s, the trust fall. If you've never done a trust fall, raise your hand. All right? All right. The seven of you have never done one. After service, you come up here and we're going to do one. No, I'm just kidding. The trust fall is like where there are varieties of it, but it's basically you, you place yourself, you know, you cover yourself and then you, you like fall, whether it's falling off of a table to a group of people that are going to catch you or just, you know, one person behind you that catches you. There's this thing. So you get in a group and you're like, 
let's do this trust fall. We trust each other, but let's show it. Yay! And so everybody does it. Well, what if you're there and you're like, man, I trust you guys, but I'm not doing that. Why not? Well, I, I just trust you. I don't need to do it, you know, to, to show that I trust you. Everybody else has done it, and you've seen that everyone's been caught. Why won't you do it? Well, I don't need to. I, I just trust you guys. I would have to say, honestly, I would question that person, whether they really trusted the group or not. It's one thing to say, I trust you. It's another thing to put that into action. And that's exactly what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. They trusted God and they put it into action. And honestly, that's a really important key for reducing stress, reducing anxiety in our lives. Reducing depression is to be active. If you've ever struggled with these things, you know this is true. Because your first thought is just, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay in bed. I just don't feel like getting up. I'm not motivated at all. And that's where the enemy wants to keep you. But the enemy doesn't win. The enemy has not won. Jesus has won. And so when we activate ourselves physically and spiritually, we begin to see some positive things happen. Now, I don't want to be like, all you have to do then is just get out of bed and everything will be perfect. I think that's a little naive. It's a little too simplistic. Even when we have a relationship with God, we're still going to face difficulty. In fact, sometimes people face difficulty because of their relationship with God. Which means that a confident relationship with God, not rescue, should be our priority. Like you, I was just saddened um, at the events last week in Sri Lanka with Christians who were killed for their faith. I was blown away when I heard that there was a classroom of children who said, we would be willing to die for Jesus. And a few minutes later, half of them did. I honestly, I cannot tell you, I don't think anyone can tell you why God rescued Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and half of those children died. I don't know. What I do know is that God is good, and that God brings hope out of hopelessness. And I do know that those people who died for their faith in Sri Lanka and these three men had the same root belief that God is able. He will never fail. He will make a way. It's interesting, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego boldly said that God could rescue them from destruction. Now, 
What if God didn't do that? Did they even think about that? Yeah, they did. Look at verse 18. They've said, King, God can rescue us. He's able. Verse 18. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you to know as king that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. They were more concerned about their spiritual health than their physical health. It was more precious to them. And they were going to guard that. It's interesting. I mean, if you think about it, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like us, we're going to die someday, right? They knew that. So if God rescued them from the fire, that's awesome. But they're still going to die at some point. And they wanted to make sure that they protected their relationship with God as much as they possibly could. They did not even know Jesus. They did not know the resurrection. They did not know the hope that we have. The resurrection isn't just what we celebrated last Sunday. The resurrection is a, an active, living thing for us every day of our lives. It's more than even a season. It's a, it's a daily reminder that because Jesus lives, we too will live. That he has defeated sin and death, and that is awesome. And it gives us hope for today and hope for eternity. It reminds us that though the previous series is now over, the message of the previous series always continues that God is for you. And when you have a confident relationship with God, there are some incredibly great things that happen. Here's just one result of that confident relationship. It blesses God and us. You know, it's interesting that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are held up as an example of faith, and rightfully so. But really, who received the glory and the honor and the praise for what happened that day? God. God's reputation was enhanced because of their faith. Nebuchadnezzar, you can read the story for yourself. Nebuchadnezzar begins to praise God. He recognized Jehovah for who he was because of their action based on their relationship with God. And isn't that what we want in our lives? For God to receive the glory and the honor. I honestly don't know if God is going to rescue you from the fire. But I do know that God will be with you in the fire. His presence diminishes our anxiousness. And in that story, there was a fourth character scene. When the king looked in, I threw three in. There were three in there. Why is there a fourth person in there? Some say it was Jesus. Some say it was an angel of the Lord. Either way, it was God's presence in the fire with them. God's presence changes things. God's presence diminishes our anxiety. When I was a kid and mom would make me go shopping with her, ugh, clothing stores were the worst. So I would find a rack of clothes that went all the way to the ground and hide in there. 
And I thought it was so cool. Ha ha, mom can't find me. She's probably really anxious. But I got to tell you, those few times when I became separated from my mom, the anxiety became mine. I was not okay with being separated from my mom or my dad. Man, when I was present with them, I knew I was safe. I knew that they had my best interests at heart. That's why in Philippians chapter 4, it says, you know, the Lord is near. Right after that, it says, don't be anxious about anything. So where is your relationship with God? Have you started that? If you haven't even begun a relationship with God, we want to encourage you to do that. We have a resource that's available. It's in the lobby. It's online. It's about starting your relationship with God. And we'd love for you to get that and begin reading it and then talk to us. We want to walk through that with you and help you in that journey. When God is near, our hearts and our minds are protected. God guards them. Now, if you don't feel near to God, it's not because God moved. It's because you did, or I did. At the Good Friday service, we looked at a passage in James that says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's a promise. God is present. We've sung about it this morning. It's been wonderful. God is here. God is present. God is with us. A philosophy professor took out a piece of chalk and wrote this on the board. G-O-D-I-S-N-O-W-H-E-R-E. He said, what does this say? And took a piece of chalk and drew two lines. God is nowhere. And went on to say that God is fictional. God doesn't exist. After his lecture, a young student raised her hand and said, could I come to the board? And the professor said, sure. She picked up a piece of chalk and she drew one more line. God is now here. It's a matter of your perspective. It's a matter of what you believe. It's a matter of your relationship. A confident relationship with God, honestly, is not going to fix every struggle you have in life. Jesus said, in this world, you will have troubles. But take heart, I have overcome the world. A confident relationship with God changes so many things for the better. Because God is now here. Right here. Right now. Think of some of the, the words that we've sung this morning. And some that we're getting ready to sing. Again, if you haven't begun your relationship with God, you need to receive forgiveness. And that happens when you come to the altar or to the cross, which is ultimately coming to Jesus. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Again, if you need to be, if you haven't begun that relationship, you need to begin it. And today you can come forward. We'll talk with you. We'll pray with you. We can help you begin that. 
or find somebody soon. Even if you already have begun that relationship with Jesus, guess what? We still need to come to Jesus. That's where we find our peace. We sang about it earlier. There's a calm that covers me when I kneel down at your feet. It's a place of healing. It's a place where I find freedom. There's a place my eyes can't see where my spirit longs to be. It's a place of healing. It's a place I'll live in freedom. 